Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. Thanks, you guys. That's wonderful. Good morning. My name is Jeff Tebalt, pastor of Married and Family here at North Bible Church. So glad you're here. It's a good, good day. Isn't that wonderful to just be declaring words that you just know are true in your heart? And uh, that's just good. Well, as uh, Troy shared, uh, we're, uh, in case you didn't know, it's summer here in, in the valley. Um, but we're starting a new uh, summer series here at North. Uh, you know, we, we live a little differently in the summer months. Um, with school not being in, in session, and, and uh, we just get into a little bit of a different rhythm. And so uh, with that in mind, um, this summer, um, several of our staff will be sharing on Sunday, and, and uh, we're, we have this little theme going of there's no place like home, but each of the staff will be kind of sharing what the Lord's doing in their hearts. And uh, so each week will be a, a little bit different, um, but really looking forward to... Uh, what the Lord will do with that. And, and so uh, this morning, we're going to be looking at Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 28. Let's read that quickly together. Romans eight twenty-eight, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. is probably a familiar passage uh, for all of you, um, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that um, probably most all of us have struggled with it at, at one point or another. Maybe something's happened and we just don't see the good immediately or in the way we, we had hoped to, um, and uh, I have. I've, I've struggled with this um, over the years, and, and uh, I I thought this morning we would wrestle with it a little bit. So let me pray for us as we look into this scripture. Lord, thank you so much um, for this morning, for this time to be together. Uh, Lord, um, and as we look at this passage, um, Lord, when we first read it, it can seem so simple, and yet um, experientially, Lord, it can uh, bring up some different feelings and thoughts. And, and um, Lord, I pray that uh, you would reveal yourself to us this morning. Uh, that you would um, show your goodness, Lord, that your spirit would be here, and we just lift this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you have been to a professional sporting event live, like there while it was happening? Go ahead and raise your hands. This, is, this can be particip participatory. <laughs> no question, experiencing a uh, sporting event live um, is awesome. You know, the sound, the crowd, the, uh, the smells, maybe, maybe not. Um, the food, probably not, and it's really expensive. Um, and there was a day when being at the game was the best way to experience the game. But some would argue those days are gone. And let me explain to you uh, what I mean by that. Several years ago, I was at a Phoenix Cardinals game. Did you hear me? Phoenix Cardinals game. That's what they were. They were called the Phoenix Cardinals when they first got here at Sun Devil Stadium. And so watching the game and uh, one of the refs, the refs blow a call. And our receiver 
Um, they say his feet were out of bounds, the touchdown didn't count, and as a result, we lost the game. The crowd's going crazy, yelling and screaming, you know, and from where I was sitting, his feet were in. Well, I left the stadium, I went home to my house and called my brother. Get that? I had to go to my house to call my brother. There weren't cell phones. <clears throat> it was the Phoenix Cardinals and there were no cell phones. Okay. And I called my brother who was watching the game and from his seat, which just happened to be his couch in his living room, and he watched the game on TV, well, at that point they were doing replay on TV, but not in the stadium. And so I asked him, I said, Greg, where's his feet in? He goes, out by a long shot. And I'm going, no, I was there, come on, they were in. Yeah, no, they were, they were gone, out by a long shot. And, and uh, you know, the, the problem with being there was my view was limited. The problem with being there meant that I was, my eyesight was subject to a lot of different obstacles around me. The location of my seat, which happened to be way at the top of the stadium, people in front of you, uh, all kinds of things can be going on to hinder uh, seeing clearly what was going on the field. And uh, just as our view uh, can be limited at a sporting event, our perspective on things that are happening in our lives can be skewed as well. And so sometimes bad things can happen to us and, and we don't really see clearly uh, what is happening and what good can come in from it. And it, it doesn't mean that Romans 8.28 isn't true. It just means that we don't have the best perspective sometimes to see that good. But thankfully, thankfully, um, our view isn't what it's dependent on. What happens with the results that happen to bad things in our lives and the perspective on our life, who we are, where our value comes from, isn't dependent on our perspective, but on God's perspective. Romans 28 gives us hope that God is with us and that he will bring good out of our most difficult situations. Romans 8.28 reminds us that God is with us, and it suggests that God is seeing things from a different perspective on our lives. And so back to my football story. We can just talk about football all morning if that's okay with you guys. But, uh, uh, you know, over the years, the NFL um, has taken advantage of the latest technology, especially in the area of video cameras, um, to make sure that the game was not decided by a referee making a mistake. And so it began with them being able to um, replay a, a, you know, a play, a particular play, and they could see it on a, a computer screen, and they could stop it, and, and uh, well, things have evolved to the point where they can view every player on every play from every angle. And so if you watched the Super Bowl this year, you were introduced to 5K 360-degree replay. Can I get an amen watching football that way? Is that just good? Let's pray. No, I'm sorry, I'm not done. No. No, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't do that to you. But what a great perspective. And, uh, you know, that is um, a, a whole different experience. And I had to look up a couple things. I'll just be really honest with you here. I had to look up what a voxel was, okay? 
and what a 5K camera is. A voxel, basically think of it this way. A voxel is the technology they use in an MRI. So you're watching a football game as if it was an MRI. That's just good, That's, I'd love to do that. So that is how Intel is making sure that referees have the best view possible when uh, viewing a football game. Let's look at uh, what the prophet Isaiah, how he explains God's perspective on our lives. Isaiah 55, 9 says, For the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Our understanding from our seat is limited to time and space and our emotions and our feelings. And although those things are important and may even be part of our process, it's not the whole story. For our all-powerful God, our all-knowing God, our ever-present God, sees things from eternal perspective as a loving heavenly father. That is his perspective. And so in Christ, we are new creations, as Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And in Romans 12, 2, Paul reminds us that we're being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so in Christ, we have a new perspective because we're filled with the Spirit. We have a new set of eyes, if you will, to see from a different angle the things that are happening to us and seeing what God may bring out of that that is good. And that is infinitely better than 5K 360-degree replay. And so how, how are you? How are you at this? How are you at seeing things from God's perspective? Do you have a difficult time seeing the good? And I've wrestled with this at, at different times in my life, and, but especially when it comes to death, to death of someone who, you know, by even our standards, it's, wow, that was just too soon. Um, recently um, spent an evening with uh, some good friends, uh, and uh, we, we spent this evening with um, this gal. Her name is Tessa. Uh, Tessa's 25 years old, and uh, her dad was one of my dearest friends, and he passed away 21 years ago. And so Tessa has uh, uh, two siblings, a brother and a sister, and, and so there's a group that kind of walked this journey the last 21 years, and it, it, was, it was really sweet to be able to be with Tessa. Um, now she's a, a young woman, and, uh, and we spent the evening, you know, talking about Phil and, and laughing and, and, needless to say, doing some crying. Um, uh, but realizing that, you know what, life, it, it, it's been hard to see the good, to be very honest with you, in all of that situation. And her brother and sister have had a really difficult time. And, and, but it was wonderful to hear Tessa articulate what the, do, what the Lord has done in her heart in terms of trusting her Heavenly Father, especially through, because she really got stuck for a number of years in fear that God might take another loved one in her life. And that may sound simple, but it was binding. And the Lord's really freed her from that. And now, it was really neat to sit there with her and her new husband and to hear them talk about that journey and how the Lord has healed her heart. And that she's not living in that fear now in her marriage. 
which could really be restricting. And, and so it was wonderful just to have that time to see good. And, and one thing that I have learned over the years um, is that our Lord reveals the good in our hardships in his timing when I least expect it, but I need it most. And that was true that evening, spending time with Tessa. And so how do we grow in this area and seeing uh, the good? I've got a few things that have been helpful for me. First, I think it's important that we look at the scriptures. They are full of men and women who went through hardships, and at first they didn't understand what was going on, they couldn't see the good, but God ended up redeeming it, not only maybe in their lifetime, but even beyond uh, their life. One of the areas, one of the books that's kind of a natural one to go to is the book of Job. And you've all probably read the book of Job, and you know, really quickly, he was a man who loved God, um, and he was very blessed in terms of uh, his possessions. He had a great family. Uh, he had lots of land, uh, lots of livestock, lots of wealth in that day. That was pretty important. Um, but it was all taken away from him. I mean, we even read in the book of Job, God allowed him to be stricken with disease and to family members to die, to, uh, for things to be completely wiped out where he actually had nothing that he could count his own. And through all of that, Job never curses God. He has his moments of doubt. He's very honest with those. In fact, uh, he very clearly expresses to the Lord his displeasure and where things, how things looked from his seat in his life. Uh, he wanted to make sure that God knew how bad things were for him, uh, as if uh, God didn't already know that. Um, but, and God was really okay with that, and God didn't leave him there. And so in verses 38, or chapter 38 uh, and 39, we have a wonderful, wonderful response from our Lord where our Lord um, basically gives Job a glimpse of what things look like from his seat up in the heavenlies. And so I, I'm just going to read a, a few random verses here in verse, uh, chapters 38 and 39. And, and so um, Job is just kind of, once again, Lord, don't you see, kind of listing all of his things. And, and uh, the Lord answered Job out of the whirling wind, and he said, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you understand who determined its measurements. Surely you must know. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? Have you entered the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Where is the dwelling place of light? And from where does darkness come from? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can you establish their rule on earth? Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Do you give the horse its might? Do you clothe his neck with a mane? Is it by your understanding that the hawk soars and spreads its wings towards the south? 
Is it at your command that the eagle mounts up and makes his nest on high? Isn't that awesome? It's like God calls a timeout, if you will. I had something in my pocket. God calls a timeout and says, here, let me show you something, Job. Let's turn this a little bit and maybe a little bit more and give you a 360 degree Let's give you an MRI of what is actually going on here to give you a better understanding of who I am. God helps Job see that it's not just about him. God helps Job see that what he is going through, that God sees the bigger picture. And he's not only thinking about Job's welfare, but also the people of God. And so in chapter 40, verse 4, Job responds appropriately. Behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. Have you ever had to do that before? You want to say something? Sometimes it's just best, just just cover your mouth. Make sure you don't say anything you shouldn't say. Seeing his life from God's perspective gave Job uh, a greater understanding of what was going on. And it drives him to have a deeper surrender to his Lord. And at that point, the Lord not only restores, but gives overflowing what he had before and uses Job in a mighty way. Another example from the scriptures, and no doubt um, the best example of a situation where God used something that didn't look like good could come out of it, and yet he used it for the good um, of the kingdom. And that, of course, is in the death and resurrection of our Lord. And uh, our best example, just the, the short verse of John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The Gospels are full of, of details of that account, and we've talked about those before. But it also gives great account of the deep sorrow of his disciples and his closest friends. And no doubt, these were very, very dark days. Those three days for Jesus' followers were very, very dark. And I'm sure, because uh, they didn't really un- fully understand, remember? They, they weren't sitting there going, okay, good, now the resurrection's coming. No, they, they were in, in fear. They uh, kind of huddled together. Um, I'm sure... During those days, God got an earful from Jesus' disciples and Mary of how bad things were from their perspective because they just couldn't see it. And so, what we, what we end up seeing, obviously, is a greater good that comes of it. And so, finally, as they were crying out into that third day, God brings a victory. Has there ever been a darker period of time 
a time when from human perspective, there was no hope possible. And yet it's out of that, it's out of Christ's death, his crucifixion and his death, that he declares victory over sin and death. He brings out the greatest good in what seemed like an absolute hopeless situation. And another way that we can learn uh, to trust God, and, and I, I love this, I love doing this with our staff, and, and that is uh, just to look for the good. Every Monday morning, we as a staff, um, we meet, and um, uh, one of the first things that we do, we just call it Jesus sightings. And so Larry kind of leads us in this time, and it's really just a time, hey, let's share where we've seen the Lord work this week. Um, and, you know, and some of them are really, really obvious. You know, it might be there was a baptism, or, you know, we're constantly praying through prayer requests, and it might be that someone shares uh, an answer to a prayer request, uh, which is wonderful. Um, but there are some things that, um, that they're not quite as easily seen. Uh, we, we need to look a little bit harder uh, to see them. And there, there are some uh, Jesus sightings, if you will, that are um, tucked away in brokenness and pain and sorrow. Sometimes the good um, is kind of hidden in the tears of uh, brokenness and pain and loss, and, and yet these are testimonies of the good that's referred here, referred to here in, in Romans 8.28. And, and uh, I'll just tell you, going through this practice of Jesus' sightings each week, um, one, for us as a team, really helps us make sure we're not missing uh, what the Lord is doing. And, and that's really important. But I think I have learned that uh, by making that a habit, then as I do encounter difficulties, I'm better equipped to see the good sooner and to see what the Lord is doing. And, and also, a great practice to do with our families, helping our kids see uh, the good throughout, throughout the day. And so how are you at that? How are you doing at this kind of stuff? If we were to, uh, right now, if we were to... Um, pass around a mic, um, what would you share? What's been a Jesus sighting for you this week? How have you seen uh, the Lord work? And it doesn't have to be really big. Uh, it can be even the smallest thing. And so just take a moment. We're going to just pause for a moment and think of one thing, and maybe it might be something that you're going through and you haven't seen the good yet, and maybe the Lord will put that upon your heart. Uh, and just think for a, a moment here of a Jesus, a Jesus sighting. If you can't think of anything, um, I wrote down a few things that might help you. Um, did you see the sunrise this morning? At any point today, at, at what point today did you realize that you were breathing? Go ahead and put your hand on your heart. Go ahead and do that. Is it beating? If it's not, we have an AED and I'm certified, but um, your heart beating? There's a Jesus sighting. Have you seen a flower today? Okay, now be honest. How many of you can make any of those happen? Good. I'm glad no one raised their hands because these are miracles. These 
are Jesus' sightings. They're miracles because they're mysteries. They're events that happen. They stretch beyond our understanding, and they take place in a different realm. They find it in a a place that, that we don't understand. And it is from that realm that God is working out good in our lives. He's not bound to what we can see and the time that we have here. And so if you uh, can make that connection of Jesus' sightings, and these are every bit as much a miracle as the lame walking, the sick being healed, and the tombs being emptied, because they are, they are miracles. And so if you go away from here today, having identified one Jesus sighting, or maybe you're tipping a little bit and seeing the good in something you're going through, then I would say it's been a good day. The sad thing, however, I think sometimes that we can miss the good even when it's right in front of us. We want God to bring back the big miracles, and so we just keep waiting. There's a little story that's gone around of a a man who... His house is flooded, and uh, his only escape is to get up on the roof, and, and he's waiting on the roof, and he's praying, God, God, come and save me. I need you to come and save me. And so soon a, a raft comes up, and they say, come on in. And he says, no, 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 I'm, I'm waiting for God to come and save me. And a little bit later, a helicopter comes, and they let down a ladder. Sir, come on, come on with us. No, 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 I'm waiting for God to come and save me. And he perishes, and he's in heaven, whatever pearly gates, whatever, however that goes. Uh, God, why didn't you save me? He goes, what are you talking about? I sent you a boat and a helicopter. You know, sometimes uh, we want to see the dead raised and the lame to walk and the blind to receive their sight. Uh, We want God to fix our our finances and uh, to fix our uh, broken relationships and and heal our sickness, and and we want to tell him how to do it, and and we want him to do it now. And yet sometimes I think we can miss the good because we've decided what the good is. And we miss the Lord. This is great. Listen to what Max Lucado says uh, about this whole idea uh, in his book God Came Near. He says, rather than shocking the globe with an occasional demonstration of deity, God has opted to display his power daily, proverbially. Pounding waves, prism-cast colors, birth, death, life. We are surrounded by miracles. God is throwing testimonies at us like fireworks, each one exploding. God is. God is. And then he writes this, referring to the miraculous testimonies that are going on around us all the time. It says, we live in an art gallery of divine creativity, and yet we are content to gaze only at the carpet. Is that great? And yet I think it's true sometimes. And um, Let's look again at our, our passage, but I, I want to 
Um, I want to read a couple verses before um, the verse 28. Uh, and what I'd like you to do is, I realize it's on the screen. It doesn't have to be on the screen. I'd like, I'd like you to close your eyes. I, I, I want to take away any distractions. And so just listen to, listen to Romans, 20, Romans 8, 26 through 28. And uh, listen, listen with your heart. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now I realize there um, may be some of you here today that are, are going through a difficult time. You may be right in the middle uh, of something that's very, very difficult, and you may have no idea how you're going to get through today, uh, let alone get through this, and I can't even imagine how good can come out of it. And I just recognize that, that, that may be where you're at. Um, I just want to encourage you to consider uh, what we've talked about today and to gather some people around you uh, that, that love you and care for you and and fill them in on where you're at and where your heart is at with that and allow them to pray for you and to, to be that, uh, the community that the Lord uses. Um, and uh, remember this promise uh, that Jesus gave right before he was taken up to heaven. So this is after the resurrection in Matthew 28, 20. It says, I am with you always to the end of the age. No matter where you are at, no matter how far away you feel from the Lord, He is with you. I want to conclude uh, with these words from, I, I looked at a few different com commentaries this week, and I, I loved um, uh, what Michael Bird had to say about this passage in Romans uh, eight twenty-eight. It is often hard to discern God's goodness in the midst of a throbbing pain of grief or in the uncertainty of an oncology ward. However, at the end of history, in light of a glorious eternity, the goodness of God's purposes will be fully understood. What Paul tells the Romans is not that we live in the best possible world, but we are, prepare we are being prepared for the best possible world in the best possible way. Let me pray. Lord, uh, thank you for your word. And, Father, that uh, you don't leave us floundering uh, alone when we encounter difficulties. But, Lord, you promise that you are with us. And you've demonstrated throughout history that you are operating on a different realm. And that you are a good, good Father. Father, thank you for these words today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, 
love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.